Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hello, and welcome to Business Line's State of Economy podcast. This podcast is part of the Global Economy series, which will be hosted by myself, Lokeshwari S. King. The topic for today's discussion is, is the global interest rate cycle likely to reverse? As we all know, in 2022, global central banks, led by the US Federal Reserve, began waging a war against inflation, raising rates very sharply. The Fed has raised rates by 475 basis points since February 2022, and all other countries have followed suit. But are things beginning to change now? We will discuss this with our guest, Mr. Indranil Pan, Chief Economist of Yes Bank. In a career spanning 25 years, Mr. Pan has worked with several financial institutions, including Kotak Mahindra Bank and IDFC First Bank, and has been featured regularly in the media. Mr. Pan, I would like to start by asking you about the current pause in rate hikes by many central banks. For instance, RBI paused its uh, rate hikes in the last MPC meet. Then other central banks of South Korea, Australia, Indonesia, etc. have also hit the pause button. So what is leading to this change in stance? For sure, uh, I think every central bank is pausing after a significant amount of increase in the interest rates have happened. And uh, given the synchronous increase that we have seen from the developing market in line with the advanced economies, uh, they had to, to a certain extent, follow the advanced economies in terms of the rate hiking cycle. But very clearly, inflation is starting to come off in some of the countries that has already paused. For example, uh, South Korea paused in uh, in February after a 300 basis points cumulative rate hikes. Uh, starting from July 2021. Uh, But very clearly, after a peak of 6.3% in terms of its own inflation, inflation as of March 2023 in South Korea is 4.2%. But there is a bit of a slowdown or a challenge in terms of growth we are seeing in South Korea, uh, given the fact that uh, it is a significant export-led economy. And to a certain extent, it is no doubt that there would be a slowdown that, that goes Uh, into the economic landscape in South Korea, and that's possibly they want to pause. But some of the other countries have also paused after the central banks in those countries are very clearly seeing inflation uh, gradually coming off. And the common theme, however, is that we have done so much of increase in the interest rates. This is possibly a time when one would need to pause, assess the impact of the interest rate hikes that have already happened take that into cognizance because obviously interest rates have a lagged behavior uh, for most of the economic variables and then take the incremental decision hoping by that time we have a better clarity in terms of advanced economy central bank interest rate cycle uh, more specifically for the uh, emerging market economies uh, it would be the U.S. Uh, economy. So, so that's the common behavior that is happening world over. Number one, inflation is coming down and therefore a pause. The second reason for a pause also is because every central bank would want to see the impact of the cumulative rate increases, which has not been too small uh, in various economies, uh, and how it actually affects your economic variables going forward. 
So you also mentioned growth. I think growth is also beginning to slow down or getting hurt. I think the monthly economic report recently uh, told that even India, it may be a concern going ahead. So uh, you think if growth continues to stutter, you think the rate uh, cycle could begin reversing also? Uh, Well, uh, from the perspective of growth, I think yes. On a comparative basis, if last year we have grown at last financial, we have grown at 7%. uh, We are possibly likely to grow at a 6.5%. That's the RBI's estimate. Uh, At Yes Bank, we estimate growth at about 6.2% at this point in time. And uh, from an IMF perspective, we all know that it is about 5.9%. So there's a wide band in terms of the growth perspectives that we are seeing, which clearly indicates that there are lots of uncertainties that go into the growth numbers at this point. Uh, One of the critical uncertainties that we have at this point in time is the southwest monsoon and the the fears of the El Nino, crop losses, uh, untimely rains, Uh, as also heat waves in certain parts of the country are likely to have affected crops. Uh, So is being seen in terms of the procurement of the government. The procurement has actually lagged behind uh, specifically for wheat. So all those factors need to be taken into consideration in terms of how the growth dynamics pan out. Uh, The second issue, of course, is that we are seeing inflation coming down. But if you read the Uh, the uh, sort of FMCG companies and how their results have panned out and how the guidance is emerging, they still are not very confident about the rural sector growth in India. The rural sector inflation continues to remain on the higher side. There is wage growth that is there in the rural sector, both agricultural and non-agriculture. But let us remember also the fact that a significant number of farmers in India are subsistence farmers who will go out, have to go out in the market and buy produce for themselves. And that's where the consumption demand will actually lag. Uh, The third aspect is we have seen a significant bump up on the services sector as a pent up demand. Uh, That services sector seems to be slowing a bit at this point in time, not to be worrying at this point in time. But going ahead, if that also slows down, yes, growth will be relatively lower than the last year. But having said that, I don't think it's a significant worry, simply because from a policy perspective also, we would want growth to slow down to cool off the higher inflation. Okay, okay. Uh, let's uh, move on to the U.S. Federal Reserve itself, uh, how its rate cycle would pan out. So if we see the FOMC projections, uh, the FOMC board projections, it shows that the Fed fund, fund rate would be about 5.1% by the end of 2023 and 4.3% by December 2024. So now we are about uh, 475 to 5%. So that rules out kind of 50 basis points or 75 basis points aggressive rate hikes going forward. And they did a 25 basis points in the recent meeting. So how do you think the trajectory of uh, Fed rate hikes could be from now on? So the next meeting is on uh, 2nd May. Uh, We will see it at 11.30 p.m. on 2nd May in India. And we expect a 25 basis points increase in the May. Going forward, in my opinion, we might actually see one more rate increase uh, simply because labor market dynamics remain strong. We have seen inflation coming down. But I think uh, this uh, calendar year, we will continue to see uh, U.S. policymakers missing that intrinsic 2% target on inflation. In terms of the growth story, 
uh, US still is looking relatively better than its European counterparts. On the inflation story, US is also doing better than, say, a UK or Europe. Just to establish the credibility of the central bank, we are looking at one rate increase, a final rate increase, possibly in June. But it's a huge toss-up. It's, it's almost a 50-50 chance at this point in time. Now, going forward, I uh, don't expect some segments of the market had been expecting that immediately after the US pauses or finishes its rate cycle, uh, pretty much sooner than later, it will possibly also have to cut because of the recession fears. In my opinion, if I look through most of the data and sort of weigh one against the other, uh, my fear continues to be on the wage price cycle uh, or the wage price circular behavior in the US. Uh, to that extent, I personally don't think that US is for an immediate rate cut. Uh, so the uh, so the money markets in the US are pricing in a December f uh, rate cut at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And I would sort of actually tend to believe that there would be a bit of a pause because looking at the economic data, I don't think that the recession will be very deep in the US. So the emerging uh, data that the US Federal Reserve needs to take into consideration is the depth of the recession and uh, how long that recession is likely to be uh, to determine when it wants to actually cut rates. Hmm. Well, actually, the ECB and the Bank of uh, England, they have continued to hike uh, aggressively 50 basis points, even as the Fed uh, kind of tapered, it slowed down a little bit. So like you said, the inflation is still a worry there. So what do you think they, they are likely to do, the Europeans? Uh, again, it's a difficult question, but as you rightly said, even as the Fed pauses, given that in UK, uh, the last inflation print we saw is closer to 10%, it's very difficult for UK to actually relax and sit back. And so is uh, the condition in a lot of European economies, uh, even as they have avoided a harsh winter and gas prices have come down. So the uh, expected sharpness with which the inflation would have hit them is not really visible. But yes, I think the point is very clear to me that the US is possibly the first one to pause. The others will take a little bit more time to pause, assessing their domestic conditions, uh, principally with respect to inflation. And that behavior is also possibly coming out in terms of this monetary policy divergence that I talk about is also seeming to come out on the relative weakness of the dollar at this point in time. So uh, what does this mean for the RBI's monetary policy itself, sir? Because like they're saying, the US may slow down and pause, but the Europeans, their uh, ECB is continuing to be uh, aggressive. So uh, with all this mixed bag, EM some may pause the emerging market. So what does it mean for RBI? Well, I think uh, uh, to a certain extent, the RBI have clearly taken a call in terms of how the inflation cycle in a forward-looking manner behaves. Now, very critically, um, they have seen some uh, drop in the uh, inflation expectations of the household, uh, both from a three-month perspective and a one-year perspective. So that's very heartening for the Reserve Bank of India. Uh, the Reserve Bank of India, however, would want to continue to warn us uh, that the inflation risks are not done 
and dusted in the international atmosphere. Uh, we have volatility in the uh, oil prices uh, to a certain extent. We don't know what is the cycle in terms of the uh, global financial markets is evolving uh, and also the stability of global financial markets, whether there is a fresh a bank worry that comes through which may be recession which may be uh, sort of uh, be unnerving for the global financial markets and that may lead to emerging market currency being on the depression side now very clearly therefore the the stance that the rbi has taken and the communication of the rbi uh, is clearly uh, not to build up uh, immediate expectations from the market of a rate cut that's that's point number one therefore the stance remains unchanged in terms of removal of accommodation mm. uh, they also like the first uh, sort of uh, in the very initial part when we were discussing we did talk about the fact that most of the emerging market economies are looking at how the incremental rate cycle affects your growth and inflation going forward that's also the stance i think that the rbi has taken at this point in time and preferred to pause but the risk is if we are wrong in terms of the advanced economies rate cycle and if there are nervousness that once again come back in terms of the currency market dynamics for the emerging market as a whole then you might see a very different behavior uh, from central banks in the emerging market space including in india so at this point in time our assessment is that if we hold ceteris paribus in terms of the evolving risks globally and the inflation trajectory in India, we do not see any further hike. Uh, we also do not see a cut immediately. At best, we see a relatively longer pause. Why we do not actually see a cut is very clear. Yes, inflation will come down and it might actually go closer to the 4% by the first half of the year. But the erosion of the base effect will again lead inflation to move higher and therefore the average for the fourth quarter is about 5.1 percent, which is a 130 basis points differential uh, from the current repo rate so given all this assessment we do not immediately see a cut because for a cut very specifically rbi would need to look at a sustainable drop in inflation i repeat the word sustainable uh, drop in inflation towards the four percent and very clearly for us our inflation models don't predict a four percent soon so uh, one way one thing that uh, rbi looks at is the sovereign bond yields right the the spread between the us and the indians uh, bond yields because uh, as uh, rates move up there and uh, and the rates are moved here. So uh, to maintain the spread so that the FBI don't more take money out of the debt and so on. So how do you see the spread as of now? Is it comfortable enough? So can RBI move in a different way than the Fed? Or do we have to keep in sync to maintain the spread and so on? So uh, I think the spread is not comfortable. Uh, if I just look at the uh, graph, in the sense that if I compare the two year in the US and the two year in India, the spread currently that we have is almost at around the uh, June, July 2006 levels, uh, which necessarily means that we are in a multi-year uh, sort of low in terms of the spread. Uh, the spread is also not adequate to cover up for the thumb rule of a depreciation, which is broadly about two and a half to three percent. So, given that stand, 
there is even as the currency today is relatively on an appreciation bias given that stand in terms of the spreads i think the critical risk for this year comes more from the capital account and how it pans out rather than the current account on the current account we are expecting a softness in the exports but we are also expecting a softness in the imports so that's one comforting factor the services sector flows the net receivables out of the services sector continues to be relatively strong so we are projecting a current account gap uh, as a proportion of gdp at 1.2% for fy24 compared to a 2.2 to 2.3% for the previous financial year so the point that i am trying to make is that no doubt we are comfortable on the current account but as you rightly said in terms of the spread we have a bit of a challenge in terms of the capital account let us not also forget that one of the most important component of capital account over the last 3 years has been fdi now if the whole startup story globally including in india is seeing some soft patches and if the vcs are not raising funds in the same way as we have seen in the last 2 to 3 years we fear for fdi flows into the economy in this particular year because because statistics clearly says that most of the fdi was more towards the it and it oriented sectors uh, rather than the hard manufacturing and that specifically uh, is the startup space that we talk about but the weakness in the dollar is actually a plus for uh, the emerging economies uh, fund flows isn't it because dollar has been falling and we are seeing some of the fpi flows picking up yes point of view yeah yes so so you are right so as i pointed out we have a comfort in terms of the dollar uh, depreciating at this point uh, and that is on the belief that the monetary policy cycles in the uh, advanced economies uh, away from us will be more elongated than in the us so that's that's one perspective we really don't know whether that's a correct way of looking at it or not a correct way of looking at it only time will say given the significant amount of uncertainties that are there in the global economy the fear as i also did mention some time back is the depth of the recession if the recession is stronger then we will possibly see safe haven demand and a risk of which necessarily means dollar will once again strengthen but immediately we are not looking at for example a parity of the euro dollar uh, at best we would be looking at a 1.6 or 1.7 to the euro dollar uh, on the outside we should be looking at a 1.11 1.12 on the euro dollar so the point that i'm trying to make is that most of the appreciation that we needed to see for the inr or the emerging markets is already in our bag and this is also a point in time that the rbi will be actively in the market try and shore up reserves and keep itself safe in for any future eventualities and uh, sort of volatilities that might emerge on the currency market uh, and our broad uh, sort of uh, point that we continue to mention to our clients is please be ready for some amount of depreciation pressure emerging in the second half of the financial year when a lot of these issues in terms of the monetary policy divergences in terms of the recession cycle and how deep it is uh, will possibly become clear but uh, given that uh, the fpis have already pulled out lot of money out of the indian debt market in the last 2 years 
So do you think that kind of uh, reduces the risk of uh, outflow from the debt itself in, in, and depreciating the rupee? Because rupee is more sensitive to debt, right? Uh, debt outflow. So the point that I would make is that if I'm looking at the capital flows, now let us always remember that our uh, the way we calculate our external uh, sector uh, strength versus weakness, uh, both on the current account and the capital account is a, a flow concept. It's not a stock concept. So whatever has happened has happened. Uh, whether there are incremental flows and in the same uh, heaviness as we possibly saw the last year, possibly no. But the challenge is, the delta on the positive side and if the delta on the positive side does not emerge also given the fact that the fdis are weaker and also given the fact that there would be very limited appetite for ecbs given the high interest rates in the rest of the world even a zero inflow and not an outflow will also possibly matter in terms of how i look at the capital account balances for this year so that's the point rather than whether there are incremental outflows that will happen. The way I would look at it is whether I'm expecting incremental inflows, which will provide support to the rupee dollar and through the capital inflow side. If that is not there, then till that point in time, we will possibly need to continue to worry about the capital flow dynamics and therefore the uh, currency dynamics as a whole. So very clearly, I'm not on the camp who would be expecting rupee dollar to go to 80 because I've heard a few views in the market which takes rupee dollar to 80 and 79 at this point in time. I'm clearly not in the camp who would be expecting that. Mm -hmm. So you expect volatility in the second half, you're saying there could be some depreciation and so on. Yes, very fairly. So in which case do you think the forex reserves that we have is enough? I mean, they have been, it's been going up a little bit, but uh, we have enough uh, ammunition to. So whenever, whenever I'm asked this question, the only thing I come back and evaluate myself is if I get a 5% increment on the salary, is that enough? Or if it is a 10% enough or is a 15% enough? So when you are looking at savings and when you are looking at a kitty for yourself, uh, nothing is enough. Because the challenges of the future, uh, especially in the current atmosphere, is, uh, is continuing to be significant. And whatever and whenever the RBI is able to garner resources for itself, it will possibly uh, move in and do so. And that in itself will prevent the appreciation of the currency. And that in itself clearly defines my view that I am not looking at anything base a beyond an 81 uh, 60 to 81 70 at this point in time in in terms of the currency movement definitely definitely not towards 80. so uh, last question we are looking at a long pause is what you were saying so will the rate start coming down uh, in uh, 24 2024 um, will will the rate cuts begin you think so very clearly as an economist i don't want to stick my neck out and say anything on that yes we are looking at a long pause and uh, if the OIS markets in the Fed in the US is pricing in a December cut, uh, possibly the earliest cut, therefore, that we can see is February. But that's not cast in stone. Uh, we can if the inflation dynamics, because by March, we are again expecting inflation to be closer at around 5.7, 5.8% as per our models. Now, if that turns out to be true, 
then obviously from the domestic market perspective february cut is not on and we might actually see the cut delayed till april but having said that here we just talked about inflation the growth dynamics and a lot of other things will be relevant and on the table for the reserve bank of india uh, rather than only the inflation in terms of taking the decision of when to cut or not to cut okay thank you so much mr pan for sharing your views thank you very much thanks everyone for tuning in 